What's up, guys? Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about SEO business, how you can build yours, handle, manage, and get results. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Colin Easton. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, for me, it's a big pleasure because, you know, I'm on this, uh, the same side. You know, I have my SEO agency, so I want to learn more <laughs> to grow. And I know that my audience loves learning about SEO. Some of them want to open, some of them have it. Uh, I cooperate with many recognizable experts. They handle their SEO businesses as well. So, yeah, it's valuable to learn more about that. And uh, I want to thank you, our sponsor, Sirenkin, a top-related all-in-one SEO platform. I like Sirenkin for their very accurate rank tracker tool, which shows your daily rankings for your website in five search engines for any location, device, and language. You can monitor Google Maps results in 35 search features for every keyword and much more. Just Google Sirenkin Rent Tracker and explore for three days for free. Okay, Colin, before we start, just tell more about your experience, background, and why you decided to share with us secrets about SEO business. Okay, my experience. So I have been in the SEO industry for 22 years. Whoa. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite scary. Um, so it's, I it's with Google. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky enough to meet... Um, a chap called John Straw, who's been my mentor for those 22 years. Um, and he talked to me about this concept. Um, so this is in the year 2000 um, of, of search engine optimization. Um, and I had, uh, I'd, I'd had a, a varied career up until that point. Um, and I mm -hmm. just loved the concept. I thought this is incredible. So I got involved with John and we started an agency called NetRank. Um, so that was very late 2000. And we were the outsourced solution for a lot of the media agencies um, kind of back in the day. Um, so we cut our teeth um, on some really strong brands, um, including RBS Group, NatWest, Volkswagen, commercial vehicles, you know, all, all sorts of amazing brands and, um, and kind of took our concept, uh, our ideas um, then and uh, did that for seven years until the business was sold. Um, the experience was incredible. Um, the, uh, the, the learning curve was huge, as you can imagine, um, and learning to work with those kind of brands, those sort of businesses, understanding their objectives uh, very, very early on has um, put me in good stead for the many years since. Um, after that, um, that coincided with the birth of my son. So I then went into a business called Sift Media in late uh, 2008, uh, where we started a search division inside that business. So they had a media house, a publishing house um, and a web design house. And um, so we'd set up a search function inside those businesses. And uh, we were, we were the, the, the sort of search platform for all of those businesses. And that was super exciting. Um, again, quite a different approach. Um, there, were, there was a lot of uh, kind of duplicate content problems that we had to navigate our way through, uh, which was uh, in, interesting challenges back then. Um, and then in 2011, I got involved with a business called Linkdex, which was SaaS side. Um, so that was how you could manage your own search data um, and did mm -hmm. that right the way up until getting involved with Yard five years ago and uh, where I'm currently the CEO. Nice, nice. And, you know, yeah, I think 22 years, it's a lot. And we have uh, one uh, guest today. And yeah, he has the same experience, 22 years. Demeter, yeah, it's good to know. And uh, um, le let me share my story, why I decided to open my agency. Uh, you know, I discovered SEO in 2008 
but I didn't know anything about that. I had an online project, so I, I needed to get traffic. Uh, I used paid marketing, and I found that SEO can help me with that. So I spent some time uh, to, uh, I failed. I failed to cooperate with some uh, specialists, uh, freelancers, recognizable freelancers. They couldn't help me to get traffic because I didn't understand anything about SEO. That's why today, if I cooperate with my clients, I tell them, you need to understand. You, you don't need to be an expert, but you need to understand SEO. If you understand, we can get much higher results. And that was my mistake. I, I felt that uh, all specialists can decide all my problems without me. So, and it's interesting that uh, at that time, that was hard to find uh, SEO specialists, uh, really hard. I spent some time just to find uh, one, two, but today it's not. Can you tell from your experience uh, how it's evolving? Because today we have a huge competition. Uh, some of uh, uh, people who are watching this podcast, they uh, have their a, uh, their own SEO agency or freelance business. Can you tell uh, about your unique selling proposition? How you develop and innovate your methods, skills to uh, provide results for clients? Um, I suppose the core of it is understanding what the client needs to achieve. So really getting um, to grips with um, the, their business and their objectives. So if you can understand that, then you can start to build a, a strategy and therefore, you can start to understand the objectives. So you've got your strategy, you've got your objectives, um, and, and then you can start to piece together how to achieve those objectives. So that's absolutely key. And I think um, I've been guilty of not understanding that in the past and just, you know, maybe trying to focus. If you've got a skill set, then maybe you're just focusing on technical SEO, for example, because, you know, it's, obviously it's really important that your website's infrastructure is is fit for purpose. Uh, but focusing on that is not looking at the bigger picture. Um, so certainly at Yard uh, and, uh, with 20 odd years experience, really sitting down, taking the time to understand what needs to be achieved is the way to set down the path to understand what are the different paving stones inside that path to, to take you along your journey. So that's absolutely mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Let's talk about strategy. Um... Uh, when I speak with many recognizable experts, including Neil Patel, Ren Fishkin, many others, they have different strategies, uh, quite different. Uh, some of them can just uh, use one keyword. Others can uh, create a list of keywords. Uh, but, you know, uh, I see this. Uh, it's a big issue when uh, webmasters open SEMrush, HRF, C-Ranking, many other tools. See a list of keywords, a huge list of keywords, and they want to get all of them, you know, to promote all these keywords. Uh, but it's hard. It's hard, especially when you have limited resources. And for me, uh, I don't care about volume because uh, we don't know uh, uh, what kind of traffic we can get because uh, it's vacuum metric. I remember when someone uh, created content uh, with the keyword Elon Musk age. Now, uh, 3,000 words, uh, article about his biography, achievements. But, uh, you know, you can find the answer on this question on Google. You don't need to open any website. Just uh, uh, type Elon Musk H, you can get uh, everything. Can you tell about your methods of creating the right strategy that will provide results, especially when we have huge competition in many niches? How to find these keywords that uh, will provide not only traffic and sales as well yeah 
Um, so with any project, um, generally we do start with a keyword research um, project. Um, and that's to understand. So obviously you're taking um, your understanding of the market and the sector and everything that you're trying to achieve. So if you're an e-commerce site, you might have a bunch of pro you know, products that you're trying to sell. Um, if you're um, uh, an educational site um, or if you're, you're just trying to get to the top of the funnel, for example, and it's about positioning yourself, uh, building your brand. Um, the, obviously, the keyword research is, is an important component of that. So we start with that and then we start to prioritize that. So how much of content have you got on site? And then we start to look at the, um, the landscape of the search engine results page. So it's not just about obviously content creation, it's about understanding what type of results are available. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and what is what's the competition doing? So there's there's so many different factors that there are obviously generally some similar um, approaches that you take, but you have to tailor them entirely for your particular client. Again, what it is that they're trying to achieve? Is this a sales objective? Is it a brand building objective? Again, really key to take everything back to um, those objectives and then research the results. So if you're looking at the search engine results page, you obviously don't just have organic listings and, and actually these days is getting harder to get those organic listings up to the top, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's so much other um, on the page. So we have to then landscape out what the search engine results page looks like. So we can say, um, you know, it, it, it helps manage the different channels as well. So from a paid perspective, from a social perspective, we have to then start to map out how your results are going to play across the site and uh, across the results page. And as you say, if those questions are already being asked, you, that, that could be part of the strategy to make sure that your results are in answering those questions. But it's, it's just not as simple as creating a keyword list and then going ahead and possibly building all of the content to answer that keyword list. It does change and vary from client to client and project to project it's complicated it's really complicated yeah valuable valuable uh okay let's talk about uh finding these keywords what kind of tools do you use uh and uh, how do you understand metrics volume uh, keyword difficulty cost per click because you know many uh, all marketers uh have different opinion about some metrics for example keyword difficulty some of them tell me uh they don't care about this metric uh, others can tell no it's important to understand how many links can go to the page uh, about volume is the same uh, i check out one study on twitter uh, that uh, one website got 12000 uh clicks uh with uh, keywords that have zero volume so we don't know exactly <laughs> what kind of traffic we can get but this traffic can sell can you sell how you understand all metrics so as part of um as part of that research project we we create um a planner and and it's mm -hmm. in essence that's a prioritized list so yes keyword volumes are important we try to look at conversion rate as well. So we'll group, but we'll have clusters of keywords. So again, we'll have a, a keyword grouping, um, it, you know, whether that's around product or um, uh, a, a different set of, um, of content 
for example, to try and look at conversion rate ultimately. So we, we're, we're, uh, we uh, spend a lot of time inside of analytics um, as well. Um, we have a, a proprietary technology that takes a whole bunch of these different pieces of information um, from uh, from from uh, the, obviously the, the keyword groupings that we use different tools and pull that information in. We'll take the different metrics, whether it's volume, whether it's conversion rate, whether it's click through rate, or all of that information um, will will go into there and help prioritize. Well, even as much as we can, we'll try and take attribution as well. So we'll look at previous consumer uh, of the consumer journey um, and try and um, uh, identify if there's a propensity. Um, uh, if we're able to um, understand what type of groups of content will help enable mm-hmm. that consumer mm-hmm. journey uh, to go on to the next stage. So, again, a very complex set of, uh, <laughs> of pieces of information. I'm sorry, that probably doesn't answer your question. <laughs> okay, l- l- let's talk about uh, practical uh, tips how to group a list of keywords. Uh, how to, uh, because you mentioned a few times about clusterization and priorities. By the way, I love priorities. I think less, but quality is key. Uh, it's true for SEO. Uh, on social media, I have quite different approach. Uh, I don't care about uh, quality. I care more about quantity. I don't know. It works for me. Uh, it's not. It doesn't mean that it works for everyone. But I, I can, you know, when I post a lot on social media, I can increase my quality step by step. Uh, and most uh, posts are dying for a few minutes, a uh, few hours. Uh, so uh, I don't care a lot about quality. For Google, of course, it's important. High quality, super high quality content. Uh, you mentioned a few times about priorities. And I, I see it's a big issue because uh, webmasters want to rank almost all keywords that they can see. Uh, and you mentioned about uh, grouping a list of keywords. Do you use some special tools to group a list of keywords? How And how, uh, after grouping, how you choose priorities? Um, so again, um, using the different metrics, so it could be it could be volume. Um, there'll mm-hmm. be there'll be related keywords. So you'll have clusters of keywords that should be grouped together. So we try and segment them together. Um, and then, is there a page or is there no page? Is there a commercial page or is it on a blog? And again, whereabouts does that content sit and how important is that to the core strategy that, that we're working to? What does the click rate look like? What does the val- value of that, that keyword or that group of keywords look like? And then ultimately, if we can bring in extra um, data like the conversion rate, then that will help all um, uh, just identify if there's some on-page stuff that needs to be done as well. That will help feed into a, an optimization strategy rather than um, perhaps a, a, an initial content strategy. So that will help mm-hmm. prioritize those different pages. So does it exist? Yes or no? Um, is there mm-hmm. a, a, an opportunity? So is it is this group of keywords on average really, really low? And with a little bit of tweaking and optimization, can we raise that group of keywords together and start to see some uh, some, some better results? Um, or is the opportunity really super hard? And actually, what is it that we need to do um, around that particular group? Is there anything on page that we can deal with? Or do we need to look at off page activity? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love it, love it. Uh, okay, let's talk about... Uh differentiated for example uh, we have a new project and a project that have authority traffic uh, content how to choose the right strategy according to the benchmark because uh, sometimes we need to start from scratch sometimes we have existing positions we need to increase them to get much higher results how you uh, choose the right strategy according to benchmark according to page uh, benchmark uh, what you have 
for example, the benchmark. Uh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, I guess it will fall into um, a, a, a number of the different pillars. So, is it is this purely a content play? Do we does the page exist or not? Does that group of pages exist or not? Do we need to um, create that content? Do we need to optimize that content? Does some stuff on site need optimization? So we're sort of wandering into the the, the tech SEO realms here. So actually with um, looking at internal linking, for example, would that have a significant impact um, on, on promoting those rankings? Or is actually structurally it's not in a bad place, got some decent content, but there's very little awareness of that content off-site. So actually then mm-hmm. that turns into a, a potential digital PR link association type project. So they're, they're probably the core three pillars um, of, of mm-hmm. what to do next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. Uh, let's talk about content. Okay. Uh... We have a list of keywords. Uh, we want to achieve results with them. Uh, how to create high quality content? Because it's subjectives. Nobody knows. It's quality. And sometimes, you know, when I create some piece of content, I can feel it's the best content ever. But of course, it's my uh, subjective opinion about that. Uh, and I see when webmasters uh, have the same feeling. They order uh, hire copywriters who can rewrite existing content without providing something new valuable stuff, just uh, the same content. Can you tell how to find responsible copywriters uh, who can create really interesting content, valuable content, and how to measure the quality of this content? Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, So, I mean, we're lucky enough to have a great team um, of writers that have got huge experience. Um, we work very closely with with brands as well. So often um, we work quite heavily in the financial services space. There's a lot of brand guidelines that we need to understand. So making sure that everybody's trained for that. Um, it can be more interesting when we're working with smaller businesses who can be a little more agile um, in their approach to content. So sitting with them and, and spending some time ideating is, is really important. So when you've done that keyword research and you've started to cluster those groups of keywords, just spending time with as many people in the business that are really passionate about the business and getting them to think about how we could be talking about things. And we quite often bring our digital PR team in, even though we might not be um, uh, using them to promote any of this content. They're so good at that ideation process. They help guide us through just make it safe, make it a bit fun, actually just sit down and think about what's the different angle? What could you be talking about? How can you show your passion? How can you personalize this? You know, Google gives you all the templates. It gives you all the, the how you should be writing, technically what it should look like, how you can upload it to the site. It's the passion and that creativity that you get from working with smaller businesses, which is actually quite often much more fun. <laughs> I love it, love it. Yeah, for me, without passion, you can't go ahead. Uh, uh, you can burn out, uh, give up in some day. Yeah, passion. Uh, and for me, it's more important passion than experience because with passion, you can get experience, get it in some time. Yeah. Let's talk about management. Uh, for example, uh, you know, uh, I see uh, companies are looking uh, jack of all trades. They want to uh, hire an expert who knows everything about SEO, about link building, content creation, technical optimization, uh, name it. Uh, but it's really hard. I know some specialists who provide just one specific link building technique and earn million dollars, you know, because they pay attention 
to be the best uh, in one specific clean building technique. Uh, I cooperate with them because I know I uh, I can't hire a specialist who can provide the same results. For me, it's better to outsource such services. Can you tell from your experience how to manage uh, a group of Specialist, because SEO, it's a huge, com uh, it's complicated. Yeah, we have many different specializations from your experience. How to find the best specialists and how to manage them? Yeah. Um, so we um, we have really strong project management. Um, so we work um, uh, in an agile way. So as far as we're concerned, that means you can experiment, you can learn fast, you can fail fast, or you can win fast and you can move on, rinse and repeat. Um, and so that is a really open way of working with clients, with partners and with ourselves and our team and keeping us honest as well. So on at least a monthly basis. So obviously we know generally you work on a retained basis and we know what the objectives are. So we know where we're trying to get and pretty much what kind of resources um, is available and needs to be planned on a month in month out basis. We'll divide up those tasks and we work with partners like this. Um, we, um, we will work with um, our clients. They're a stakeholder. Our partners are a stakeholder. We are stakeholders divide up all the tasks, agree on a monthly basis. We have fortnightly check-ins. And if there are barriers, blockers, stuff has been done and we can add to the list much more quickly, we go through that and it keeps everybody honest and keeps projects on track 90% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> nice, it's nice. a great way managing resource and revenue, frankly. Mm -hmm. And uh, how to check out uh, results? Uh, because, you know, uh, for example, if I uh, uh, need new piece of content, uh, so I need to check out this piece of content. I need to move uh, to uh, to editing process, you know, to check out this piece of content. Then I need to design this content. Then uh, to provide web development. Then uh, move to a, an SEO specialist who can uh, provide some link building campaigns uh, to PR specialist. Uh, can you tell more about uh, the process? Uh, how do you handle, you know, uh, because, you know, if uh, some... Uh, step doesn't work good, it can destroy the whole process, you know, everything. Uh, without good editing, it's hard to get high quality content. Without uh, the right uh, interlinking campaigns, you can't get high results because uh, many masters still ignore uh, interlinking. Can you tell about uh, your process of creating and providing uh, SEO services? Yeah, so um, again, we're lucky enough to um, to have most of those services inside of our business and we've spent a long time building that up um, and that framework that project management framework is what is absolutely essential so everything we do is completely client-centric so we've understood the objectives we know what we need to achieve and then we work our way back from that so if we want to sell 100 widgets over 12 months we know we have to forecast what the velocity looks like and what it is that we need to um to, to get on there so working inside that agile framework if we're running behind schedule for whatever reason, we get to call it out. You know, if it's us, if it's the client, if it's the partner, whatever mm -hmm. it is, just keeping it honest and open and reviewing the results. We have quarterly business reviews and we have monthly reviews um, with our clients, um, just talking through where we're at, how far away from target we're looking. You know, do we look like we're we're bang on? Are we uh, over? So we could be concentrating on doing something different to, uh, to get even more bang for your buck or are we behind and why is that? Mm -hmm. So it's communication. Yeah. It's about making sure that you've got a to-do list and that you're on top of that to-do list all the time. And if not, why not? Mm -hmm. 
can you tell about your strong side? For example, uh, where you feel much better than your competitors? I mean, like other agencies, freelancers, uh, it's your strong side. Uh, why you can retain uh, your customers longer? Um, I suppose I don't necessarily know about other agencies and why we could be stronger or weaker. Um, I think we understand what needs to be achieved. We've got very good at sitting and working with our clients on strategy. So whether that's content mm -hmm. strategy, sometimes even a sales strategy, you know, how, how can we facilitate, how can we enable um, the, the sales to happen online? And um, so making sure that we really understand that and reviewing that. The agile project management is, is absolutely critical. Um, so nobody can get confused. Nobody can get lost. Nobody can misunderstand um, uh, what, is, what is going on. Um, we have really solid um, technical SEOs. We have great consultants. Um, we have strong project and account management. Um, we have um, uh, built more latterly a really strong digital PR arm. Um, I think maybe one of the reasons why you reached out to us is we we had a fantastic promotion around Yard. Um, there was a, a celebrity jet um, uh, promotion or a digital PR piece that we did, which was just a bit of data journalism. It was a bit of fun, but it went absolutely crazy viral. Um, and mm -hmm. that just shows the power of data journalism and and outreach when it's done well. So, um, yeah, nice. we're, we're, we're solid across the board, I think. Uh, can you share more about digital PR? Uh, I, I know, it, it, for example, uh, for me, PR uh, is the best uh, way to provide link building campaigns. Uh, even John Mueller uh, uh, shared about that, that uh, PR uh, is sometimes is more important than technical optimization. Can you tell how you provide digital PR? What kind of tools do you use and uh, yeah, about the process? So the process is, um, again, working with clients. So um, we've, we've done some really, really fun ones recently. Um, so Visit Scotland, they're a, a big government um, organisation that are obviously promoting um, sort of tourism in Scotland. Um, and we work with them. Um, so, you know, let's go back 20 years. Link building was, mm -hmm. was very different to how digital PR is today. And it's, it's, it's a step into, yeah. it's much more sophisticated today than it used to be back in the day. And if I think about some of the tactics that we did in our first agency 22 years ago, I'd be ashamed to say it out loud. <laughs> but, uh, again, we've learned from that. We've got a lot of experience. Again, it's about working with the client. So it's taking, um, it's understanding what topics we want to focus on, what's hot, what's not, what people are interested in, what's completely relevant. So again, as part of our um, the keyword research and some of the strategic stuff that we do, that content pillar is really important. Who is it we're trying to reach and what are we trying to talk to them about? So that, that those campaigns have to be completely relevant around that. So a more recent um, campaign we did around Visit Scotland was translating really famous books, taking the first paragraph of the book and translating it into Scottish. Um, so Harry Potter books, we took the first paragraph, translated it into Scottish. Mm -hmm. And it was really fun. And people really enjoyed reading it and tried to understand what was being said. And, and that's, you know, that's a nice way of generating links, generating some interest and, and, and a bit of love around what it is that you're trying to do, which is promote tourism in Scotland, which sometimes can be a little bit tough. Uh, you know, I, I like your energy. You know, you always highlight uh, fun, passion, many other words. Uh, I think without them, it's hard. 
it's really hard uh, to go ahead to provide results because if you have no fun, uh, by the way, 70% of people hate their jobs. It's a lot. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it's my next question about that. Uh, let me share my story. A few years ago, I spent some time uh, with one big project uh, and uh, I didn't have time to handle my team uh, and uh, a few key players left my company. So uh, I decided to research and found that toxic environment appealed. Uh, then I got it no way. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of uh, uh, job I have, you know, uh, tasks. I need to spend time with my team. I think your team can be proud because of you, because you always highlight your team, you know, uh, about your process. Can you tell about uh, creating positive, I mean, like uh, good environment in your company? Uh, because I think if your uh, employees are happy, you know, uh, results will be. Can you tell yeah. more about this one? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I've got two core pillars to um, building this business and making sure that we succeed. Um, so first of all, it's making sure that we do the best work so that our product, our own product is fit for purpose. It's the best in the business and that people are really proud of the work that we do. And we will only work with the with the right kind of clients that understand that. And I think too often um, agencies are guilty of saying, yes, we can do anything just to, to land that piece of business. And we've been there before, right? I've been there before. And as soon as you're brave enough to say, actually, no, all that does is, um, is sap our energy. It makes us panic because we might not necessarily know exactly what we're doing and how we're doing it. And you're scrabbling for results. It's exhausting for everybody. So our second pillar is we want to, we want to be the agency where the talent comes. So if you are doing good work, people want to be associated with that. So th that means that you've got to create the right environment, which is built by the people. So we have something called a culture, a culture club, a culture committee. That's where our teams, our people say what sort of agency we should be. Um, and we've gone through um, periods of, 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 you know, great work, not so great work, not quite understanding what it is that we, we're trying to achieve. And in the last 12 to 18 months, we're really clear, really clear on what it is that we're wanting to deliver, what kind of clients that we want to work with, what sector that we work in, because we're be we've just been brave enough to say, this is the stuff we're really good at. So let's be really proud of that and stop trying to dilute it by trying to do everything else. We, mm -hmm. we, we are in this marketing, we're a digital agency and we're super proud of what we do. And we are, I, I, you know, we're, we're really proud of where we are at the moment. We have some great people, super, super smart people that are coming up with these great ideas and, and working with our clients and making them happy. So you know, I think your team uh, love you and, and uh, my, uh, yeah, my audience loves you, you know, just check out <laughs> awesome guest, brilliant guest. Thanks, oh, guy, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm so proud to have brilliant guest on my show. Okay, uh, let's talk about another aspect uh, of failure. You know, for example, um, for me, Failing uh, only brings a new experience and nothing else. Uh, I remember when Elon Musk uh, said about that, if you don't fail, uh, it doesn't mean you are not innovative enough. Uh, let's talk about testing and failing. Uh, can you tell uh, what kind of failures can you get during your way and how you can improve uh, your services after that? 
Um, yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, personally, I've failed a lot. <laughs> we have, yeah, we've 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 failed regularly, and actually, that's why we have this agile way of working. So, just to pick it up as quickly as you possibly can, otherwise, it just floats on. So, when um, I mean, the most recent example, and it was not a failure. It's not. It's not quite the the right example, perhaps. But with that celebrity jet campaign. So um, what happened was, um, and you can read about it on the, our website. Actually, Lou, our, our head of digital PR, wrote about it recently. So the team, they're always ideating, right? And they're on Twitter and they're looking at all the stuff that's going on in in the world at the moment. What's in the news? What's in the celebrity world? And uh, one of the team was scrolling through Twitter and had seen the Kylie Jenner post, which is like, oh, which private jet shall I take? Is it this one or is it this one? We went, God, it's a bit tacky, isn't it? Can you imagine? We said, I wonder who the worst offenders are in celebrity world. So we put this campaign together. We knew that there was a Twitter handle, which um, Elon Musk had tried to close down because he's tracking all of his his... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> his, his um, movements. Um, so we just used that data and we pulled together this list of, of 20 celebrities. Or I think there were only like 25 celebrities on the list. So, you know, it wasn't an exhaustive list. We were pretending it was a, a, the entire list. Put this list together. Taylor Swift was number one um, in terms of her, her private use um, carbon emissions. And it's important to us. I'll go back to why the carbon emission stuff is, is, is interesting and important to us. So we put this list out there, again, just as an example of, of data journalism. Well, it blew up. And I spent a lot of the weekend speaking to some of the the, the, um, the team who were really scared. They were receiving the trolling that they were received. It was just absolutely shocking. And then we're starting to think that the Taylor Swift camp were going to come out and like all the Swifties mm-hmm. were attacking all of the team. You know, And they were really scared that they'd done something wrong. They hadn't done anything wrong, just a bit of data journalism that had been picked up by every major publication. So one of the girls actually asked me if she was going to get sacked. I was like, what, why would we, what on earth are you talking about? We, we do this together. We're in this together. And that's our approach with our clients. Like we agree all of this work together. We're telling you what we're doing. We're really transparent. If it doesn't work, we'll find out real fast and we'll work out how to fix it and what we should be doing next. So it's just communication, transparency and openness. Love it, love it, yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, things that, uh, from your strong opinion, uh, webmasters uh, shouldn't do today because it doesn't work, it's obsolete. Uh, because, you know, I often see when webmasters uh, use some obsolete techniques, uh, for example, rewriting content, black hat techniques, because uh, they don't understand. So it's obsolete. Google can uh, understand uh, uh, everything almost. Uh, they have enough resources, experience to handle the process. From your experience, what webmasters shouldn't do today? Oh, I'm, I am not the person to answer that question. I am not technical. Um, I, <laughs> I know that. So, um, you know, we've got a great set of tech SEOs. I could ask them that. <laughs> I I think what a, anything that appears to be a little bit suspect, and, and it, 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 it when you're in conversation, it seems kind of obvious, right? If it seems suspect and there's not enough information around it, or if it's very clearly on the don't do that list, then don't do it. It's not worth it. You know, coming mm-hmm. just coming for us as an agency, 
getting a client a penalty would be the worst thing. Your reputation is absolutely essential, right? Um, so, yeah, technically, I couldn't give you a definitely don't do that because I'm not close enough to it. <laughs> so I suppose mm -hmm. you're don't do that. Don't listen to me if I tell you to do something technical. That would be my first <laughs> advice. <laughs> yeah, got it. Okay, uh, let's imagine you have no experience. You started from scratch. Uh, what will you do to learn more about SEO today? Um, so sessions like this, um, there are a whole host of um, amazing publications to sign up to and listen. Um, go to the conferences. Um, if you you know if you're able to get tickets to the conferences, just identify um, who it is. Um, or, you know, where those conferences are and if you're able to attend. Um, listen to the speakers, follow those speakers, listen to their advice, go out on, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, start listening to, to, um, to, to what they have to say. Make sure they've got lots of followers and, you know, they're engaging in, in conversation and debate. Um, that would be my starting point. I'd probably go, um, if you haven't got any marketing experience, I'd get some really good, um, if you can go and get a marketing qualification, if that's CIM or um, e-consultancy, something like that, go and sign up to get something a little more marketing generic. And then you might find something that you're, you're, you're specialist in. Um, I, I was lucky. I kind of got I, I, someone just presented SEO to me and I just thought that was absolutely brilliant. And obviously, I've got many, many years of experience in um, in the industry and I am grateful every day. I love this industry. Um, I'm, I'm super proud of, of what we as an industry achieve for many, many brands and, uh, and obviously for Google. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the future. Uh, for example, uh, we still get the question, SEO is that, you know, uh, uh, but uh, I get this question because many students want to jump on this field and they are not sure what kind of future will be in SEO field. Uh, can you forecast this future? your predictions about SEO because many things are coming like metaverse web 30 what do you think will be with SEO like in five ten years oh, not very good at this future prediction stuff um it's not dead and it will never die the internet is here to stay how um it manifests and presents itself I don't know I'm not a futurologist um it will always require data it will always require um, uh, like a, a, a library and content. So the content is absolutely key. Um, good content. Um, uh, and then, so I'm reading recently that um, Google updates aren't, are talking less about links. And I think it's just because it's obvious to me if you're, you're, you're linking through to a site because it's a vote, right? You're saying there's a, there's a really good source of information over here. And if it's a really good source of information, then other sites are going to link through to that page. So I can't see how that library can unpick itself. But again, lack of vision. Um, and 20 years later, it's it's much more sophisticated. But fundamentally, it's not changed, right? It's, it's, it's much more... Um, you've got different types of listings, so different specialisms, different skills and different pieces of training are, are great. So, you know, the industry as a whole, there's, there's a whole host of different skills um, that you can learn. So I think from a job perspective, it will just get stronger, not weaker. Um, I don't think that answers your question at all. I, it will never die. <laughs> it's, just, it's probably just getting a little more fragmented, a lot, you know, from a skills perspective, a lot more niche. Um, mm -hmm. but it's not going anywhere. It's just going to get bigger. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, SEO can't die. 
in one day. You know, I remember when Jeff Bezos uh, mentioned about Amazon. He told that Amazon will be bankrupt in one day. And our goal is to procrastinate uh, this bankrupt. I think everything will be die in one day, but it can take 100 years, 10 years, 20 years. And uh, marketers can adapt to new challenges. For example, uh, when uh, email marketing, by the way, email marketing works uh, today. Uh, many things, you know, uh, if uh, something is coming, it doesn't uh, uh, come in for one day, you know. It takes time to change habits, to find something new. And when you have experience in SEO, it doesn't matter if uh, uh, Metaverse will change the world. You have this experience. You can adapt all skills to a new environment. That's okay. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I agree that SEO uh, has a shiny future Yeah, because uh, yeah. of many things. Yeah. Um, well, I think the last, what, four years, the prediction is voice search is, is next year's yeah. big thing. You know, I still ask Alexa questions every day and she she still can't answer me. So we're a long way from that being any good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Colette, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. You share a lot of valuable insights. I love your energy because, yeah, your energy can destroy uh, all, a- anything, you know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Thank you. Um, so um, the are... Uh, Website is weareyard.com. Uh, my Twitter mm-hmm. handle is at Gin Colette. I'm sorry, Gin, as in the drink, Colette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and we have very, uh, very, 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 very uh, active uh, uh, Dimitar Krumov. Yeah, thanks a lot for all your uh, actions, you know, for your activity. Uh, thanks, guys, for all your uh, messages. It's a big pleasure. Uh, follow uh, Colet uh, on Twitter. Uh, open his website. You can find all uh, links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. And thanks again, uh, Colet. A big pleasure. Welcome back anytime to share more value. I love it. My audience uh, loves even more than me. So, guys, see you. <laughs>